Equity work is framed as a necessary burden. But we believe that it's work worth doing. This podcast is all about how to reframe equity work from just fighting injustice to building worth that brings justice, meaning the needs of everyone. Worth, worth. Desmond Spann, aka the Lux of Light, getting right on the mic, teaching life with that worth, worth. The imaginer, genius awakener, educator in the art of contemplating worth, worth. Podcast for teachers in the class to focus on the heart of the craft. Worth, worth. I'll reframe from the blame and the shame and the pain and the stain because we came from that. What's good, people? Welcome to the Worth Work Podcast. I am Desmond Spann. I'm glad you're here listening and tuning in. Today's episode is on the teaching crisis. It's the fact that we have a lot of teachers exiting the profession and not enough teachers coming in. And given the rise of stressful conditions with the pandemic, um, we have kind of a crisis situation in our hands. And always, there's a connection to racial justice and equity in the classroom. So Jesse and I decided to take this on. It was kind of an unplanned episode, meaning like we read an article and it was just something we wanted to get into. So let's sit back, let's relax, and let's get into it. Worth Work has this idea to reframe equity from the burden and the when will it be done kind of approach is switching it to like, no, it's a way of being. And from this way of being, you will experience your worth and others will experience their worth more often. Yes. Enough that they don't have to question it anymore. Yeah. And then they have more resilience for others and they can be more compassionate for others. Right. Mm. And it's, it's being, it's movement. It's, it's not done. It's, it is, continuous how this stuff is just all connected right like yes bro there's a propping up of what we want our lives to be like right hey we're good you know we can come you know we we things are back to normal business as usual business as usual right like and there's a rush to get to that and I think we've even talked about that just in our own conversation. Yeah, like, I brought up like, that quote from Cornelius Minor. He's like, that, that's one of the real legit enemies of our thinking is that business as usual mentality. Mm-hmm. And like everybody's in a hurry to get back to the way things were. This pandemic is exposing it or inviting us into a portal to another way of, of existing that you know, and what we're getting into with this worth work is the contemplation is creating the conditions from which justice can emerge. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you've talked about, the, the need for creativity and how what, what's mm-hmm. the biggest hindrance to creativity is fear of all sorts just gets in the way. But so, a couple metaphors I've heard about fear that I resonate with is like keep fear in the back seat and don't let it DJ when you're driving, you know, <laughs> fear's there. Okay. Fear. I see you buckled in. You're there, but you're, you're not controlling the music. I'll listen to your bars, but I'm not going to listen to your playlist. You know, I'll hear your <laughs> verse and be right. like, okay, that's your 16, but I'm not going to listen to your whole song or like all the songs that you've curated fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to like hear you. I'll hear you're 16 and be like, all right, that's what you have to say. Okay. I can take that energy and channel it into uh, other emotions and responses that aren't based in fear, but I'm informed. Right. Right. I think a big learning space for me is understand I'm learning this continually is fear is a safe place to be. I'm mm-hmm. actually, I can be safe when I feel fear still. I'm actually, yeah. I don't have to fight, flight, freeze, or fawn or any, I can just breathe. And that's why I got that two bars practice. Sometimes I use that if I feel fear. It's like, okay, breathe, align, relax, shine, you know, let your authentic self come out. It's the idea, it's acceptance. Yes. Right. It's acceptance of every 
person is on their journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this beautiful analogy about like, it's an analogy of a labyrinth. And the book I got it from was called, it's called The Red Thread. Um, and it's mm. really about like messaging around ideas. Um, but how I am adapting it and it's being useful for me is kind of like, you know, between me and a person and me and a student, uh, especially as far as like connection goes, is a labyrinth that exists inside our own mind. Mm. And they can see out of it and they can see maybe, and maybe they can't, but they can see where they want to go. And I can see what I need to get to them. Mm. But I don't know what I have to navigate within their internal labyrinth to get it to them. Mm. Right. And and I can see that they're, and as long as their relationship's there and they trust I'm still going to be there, then I give them space and time to navigate the labyrinth to, you know, Ooh. quote unquote, where I want them to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. To, to connection, to the the vitality of learning. Yeah. Um, but really just the metaphor of the labyrinth between like, you know, the problem and the solution connection and, mm. you know, the labyrinth is their path. Yeah. And, you know, there's a straight line between us, you know, when we're looking at each other, but recognizing that as long as they're moving, they're on the path and, you know, and they may not be moving in the way that, we want them. It's like, just go here. But we don't see or know mm. what block you yeah. know, was in front of them, what, they're trying, what they need to navigate. No um, doubt. So we can provide that space to navigate the labyrinth. You know what I mean? Because yeah. basically, I mean, the way that school has been is like, we, we don't give that space to navigate the labyrinth. We give them, you know, we talked about before, like, here's how you get the A. And so you learn to do, you, we can, we're conditioned and we then we condition to do the least amount of work possible to get the A. So you're not actually getting in that, like, that worth work, soul work, expansion of building capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, and me and you vibe off all the, con- how everything's connected, right? And so if, like, if there's chaos out here in, in, in the news and in, school community and then just like kind of that fear-based thinking or the, the, the gossiping in the teacher's lounge, you know, all of that I can get sucked into easy. And then I get on that vibration. But if I'm coming in, okay. If I'm like checking with myself, you know, getting my, my meditation or my yoga or whatever, that's the things that like kind of work for me. Freestyling, mm-hmm. listening to the type of music, you know, basically an all around diet, or you could switch that to an alive it you know, feeding you life, you know, that that's like what I'm reading, watching, taking in on the screen, what I'm giving time to is feeding me. And then I can take that vibration out into the world. Yeah, Letting the tension and the story about the tension, me not having enough, you know, being good enough, you know, the, the, the conditioning of doubt. Mm-hmm. Like dealing with that so I can still stay in the practice of freestyling and creating. Here's that quote. It's from an article by the dude named Peter Green, who was an English teacher for 39 years and writes mm-hmm. for, this is from Forbes, but he says, uh, when talking about the teaching crisis, a fundamental challenge of teaching is coming to grips with this. There is never enough. Never enough time, never enough resources, never enough you. As a teacher, you can see what your perfect classroom should look like. You know all the work you should be doing to develop lessons, creating rich assignments, covering a broad swath of material, providing deep and wide assessments, and using them to provide valuable feedback. But of course, being able to drop it all at a moment's notice when a teachable moment suddenly announces itself. Well, the idea of, like, enough. Yeah. Right? There's never enough. Teachers are feeling like they're not good enough. Um, not enough money, not enough time. Not enough resources. Not enough space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sharing classes. Mm-hmm. And it, it brings the it brings up the question a few questions 
it brings up like what's vital mm-hmm. and then what's enough. What would it actually look like to serve the whole? And ideally that's when we're the most wholehearted and alive too, is when we have that vision um, tucked into our daily actions. Like even us kind of like, yes, wholeheartedness, like moments of wholeheartedness, because it is not permanent. It's not like you reach the state and then you're like done. Mm-hmm. It's this dynamic equilibrium is what I've, Ooh. the term I like out dynamic of a system. Equi- yeah. Yes. That's Meaning dope. the amount going into the system is essentially the same of the, uh, of it coming out. Yeah. Input and output. Right. Okay. So the flow is is what's balanced, but there's always yeah. movement. There's always, yes, you know, change. Worth work has this idea to reframe equity from the burden and the when will it be done kind of approach is switching it to like, no, it's a way of being. Yes. And from this way of being, you will experience your worth and others will experience their worth more often. Yes. Enough that they don't have to question it anymore. Yeah. And then they have more resilience for others and they can be more compassionate for others. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it's being, it's movement. It's it's not done. It's it is continuous. We shouldn't always be in control. Yeah. We shouldn't always have the power. And when we start feeling like, hey, I have a lot of power here. And like, imagine people having that way of being as their cultures. Like, oh, I'm feeling like I got a lot of power in this room. I'm going to step back. Yeah. Because I should not have this much control and power in this room. Mm. So I'm going to empower somebody else to step. so that yeah. the equilibrium of the space is maintained. Ooh, yes. I'm in a system that's not going to give me what I need to be able to do the job that they're asking me to do well, Mm -hmm. right, that I also want to do well, creates anxiety and stress and worry. How does this begin to change? That question for me is like, what's vital? Like, at the core of any relationship or any learning is relationship. Like, I can't teach anybody anything if I don't have a connection with them. Yes. Speak words to it. But the way that we've constructed these systems to facilitate our, you know, taking care of our needs and our learning needs, our, you know, eating needs and childcare needs and all that is definitely not based on the kind of world that we're moving into just with the more threats that, no, don't really care about our race. <laughs> Yo, you know? No doubt. I mean, early on in this pandemic, I interviewed Carlos Chavez, uh, the director of founder of Morpheus Youth mm-hmm. Project. And he was just making the connection of just like COVID pandemic being that metaphor of racial injustice that's existed like in our context for mm-hmm. eons. And then, like, the pandemic in synchronicity with racial injustice happened, like the murder of George Floyd. What was happening in the collective with the racism Mm -hmm. being exposed, everyone was affected by that, regardless of how much melanin was in your skin. And then it, like, kind of woke a lot of us white folks up to, like, oh, because we're in this pandemic, we're being affected and our, our lives aren't as you know, privileged as they were before the pandemic. Then we're like, oh, this is how people of color have been feeling since the inception of this country. (laughs) We need to change some things, you know? So that kind of like that connectedness right there, right? Yeah. You know, that was a portal of awakening, some folk. And I think, but those those are just like available all the time Mm -hmm. for us, right? It's like if they're, they're right there. And I think that's part of that worth work that we're, inviting folks into is to let go of a little bit of fear, come into some creativity, do some, do that, the shadow work isn't 
it's not as scary as we are conditioned that it is to like really go into our fear. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like with what we're talking about with like worth work research teams or like, you know, collectives is like, like working together to create these spaces that we can be creative. We can go into our shadow. We can let go of a little fear and we can create those conditions through which justice can emerge. Yeah. 100%. Now let's take two bars. Breathe, align, relax, and shine. This is an invitation to absorb whatever's coming up for you. So let's start with the breath. Long, deep, spacious breaths. your energy come into a state of equilibrium of balance and relax my friend wherever you feel tension just bring relaxation shoulders, the jaw, the body, the thoughts, the emotions. Take a moment to relax. And with our breath, our alignment, our relaxation, can't help but shine own your shine my friend Hundred percent resilience and fragility mm. mm-hmm. meaning Racism has convinced white folks that they're fragile. Yes. You know what I mean? Tell me more. Um, Like, and I guess if I want to be really distinct with my language, okay. So, humans are resilient, but racism has convinced humans Mm. who happen to identify as white that they are fragile. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see where you're going. Right, that they require all this privilege and power just to feel safe and comfortable. Yes. The humanness and the, the, the resilience of the human spirit, if we want to put it in those terms, like every single person has. It's just, have you allowed... No, not even allowed. Have you done the work mm-hmm. to develop that strength? That strength, that resilience, that inner genius. Mm-hmm. Because again, it kind of comes back to this two-wayness of like the experience is the best teacher. Yeah. And so the experience of struggle will teach you resilience. Yeah. Right? It'll, it'll have the gifts on the other side. It, you'll, no doubt. The work inside the shadow realm, the things that we try to avoid, yes. that's, that's the work that will bring the most light. That reminds me of this thought I had, like, and I'm developed, I want to develop. It's like, in the formation of whiteness in the 1600s in Virginia, when it first came into law, of like, this word white, you know, obviously the pigment of skin existed before then, but I'm convinced that whiteness is sampling the wrong thing. It's sampling the wrong things about humanity, power, control, fear. 
not that power and control are bad in itself, but the, the fear-based versions of power mm-hmm. and control were sampled for, you know, financial privileges. And they weren't sampling the resilience. They weren't mm-hmm. sampling, you know, the, the beautiful aspects of humanity, of music and culture and poetic language. They were sampling the, based on insecurities. And we're inheriting that as white people created this context. We're inheriting the worst, can inherit the worst aspects of humanity. You know, yeah. where we create this false sense of security and fragileness. Um, and then anytime that's challenged, it's like, no, I'm a good person. You just got to look at my track record and ask so-and-so, my good, my friend of color, you know, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But it's like that work is to sample something better. To keep the flow going, right? That dynamic equilibrium that provides equity and justice for everyone in society. Yes. And the equity, and as we talked about in like, you know, defining equity, you know, the idea of meeting everyone's needs. Yes. And being able to identify the needs of people you don't happen to uh, look like, live like, live next to, but you come across because they're in your community and in your school building and then recognizing, you know, that school building holds all these people. And then if long things stay this way, they go off to colleges and different buildings and different locations. Right. And that, they establish connections, you know, from, you know, like a place like Franklin High School to the college that they go to, right? And so making it where our communities are interconnected as well. Yeah. Especially when I think of like rural communities or just communities where like, again, um, everybody has this, you know, similar racial identity. And then I'll honestly say, not even just similar racial identity, I would say um, identify as white and like mostly everybody's white. And again, you've constructed, mm-hmm. uh, the system has constructed a place for you, a literal place yeah, where you don't have to see other people that don't look like you. Even in those places creating this system in a way where their worth as people and as humans is still seen, mm-hmm. not based on being on top of the false hierarchy and the unconditioned, uncon, um, unspoken rules that place them up yes. there, yes. but from the value, the acting on the values that the, you know, that people often espouse spouse and speak to the almost like seeking a different perspective right like that uh you know I'm okay I'll, I'll bring to music for a second it's like sure. if I like play a song for like my immediate circle I know what they like they know what I make they're like yeah that's dope and I'm like yeah okay that's cool in my head I'm like okay I need a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I need somebody who doesn't necessarily have a vested interest in, in my being happy. <laughs> and that can mm-hmm. give me, you know, helpful feedback, honest opinion. That's like, I, I get that, that sense, you know, like it seems more, um, like the scientific method at that point, right? When other scientists can validate the results because they did the experiment too and they got the same same idea, right? Like mm. seeking that out, right? Encouraging other people to come into your space, hear, our, hear these stories. I'm mixing metaphors now. I apologize. But no, no. Um, yeah, just, just how awesome would that be when it's like, mm. okay, you're in a room, and there's 
you notice that is it's all white. And then everybody has the response of, okay, how do we bring different perspectives and backgrounds into this space? Mm-hmm. How do we then do something differently? Yeah. And I've been in rooms where I've heard that happen. And I think from an honest and genuine place, not from a virtual signaling place, from just a place of like, yeah, we just got to recognize that, you know, we have limited perspective because we all have uh, similar backgrounds and a similar way of experiencing the world. A lot of that's connected to just like feelings of unworthiness, of not being, of being inadequate, and then of feeling shame or guilt, separation, being in denial, all of those kind of core wounds of humanity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we deal with that on an individual level because we're trying to unlock and and awaken and and find our worthiness. And there's so many collective myths for that, like find our holy grail or we can learn from these myths, these great stories, because we're trying to live a good story and we can use the, every good story has a conflict. And we're in a conflict right now. And I think that's our invitation is like, okay, how am I going to like manifest my best version or a good story right now in the midst of this conflict? How can I kind of use maybe my extra time or can I connect one-on-one with the student, really bring them a little bit of light in their labyrinth? I think part of that worth work is like giving ourselves space and inviting uh, other students and uh, our colleagues into a space to uh, tap into that. It's by committing to move through the tension that like we, we ascend to the next level. And the tension is we want to get to the next level with as little pain, you know, guilt and death as possible. There will be pain, <laughs> guilt, yeah. and death. Like it, like that. It's the these are the doors you got to go through to get to the other side. Yeah, you know, Oof. and like, and every time you see these doors, you're like, you have that ah, I don't want to go through them. Um, yeah, that that. Well, I hear what you're saying, and I feel like what I think about is like a really a slowing down to give ourselves time to. Feel that, to work with that, and back Mm -hmm. to that idea where every external thing happening is an invitation to an internal process. I think that worth work would be creating a world or communities or school or where it's more and more accessible to take that time. It's encouraged. Mm -hmm. It's a part of our rhythms. It's a part of our job description. You know, that idea that we've talked about before of like, not just teaching who we are, but teaching to who we want to be, having that vision of like, oh, this is my way into serving the whole is like, here's um, my contribution, you know, whatever. And it takes time to get clarity. I'm still in the process of like, what is my, you know? piece to play in eradicating white body supremacy, my play, my part in serving the whole, my part in creating a, a genius awakening, genius over doubt type community and culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it starts, it starts with myself, but it also is connected to everyone else experiencing that too. It's, it's like, it's both doing my own work and being creating and being a part of like you doing your work and you know all my colleagues doing their work and my friends and them and all the connections that are happening if like we're starting to awaken to what's really important what's vital what's essential then Mm -hmm. that's going to be like that contagious virus of (laughs) awakening you know another kind of like playoff covid and its contagiousness is like just as contagious is that type of vibration where we are manifesting worthiness and manifesting justice. And, and that's at least the hope I hold on to. Yeah. And that manifesting of worthiness is that dynamic 
equilibrium. Yeah, I like that word. Because when there is balance, right, there's kind of like an equal worth thing, right? Yeah. Just imagining a classroom where every student knows they're worthy. Like they're worthy of uh, of a full life's experience. Yes. You know, they're strong enough to handle whatever struggles they've gone through and will go through. They're worthy of their dreams that come from the core of who they are. You can't go in and change people. You create the environment and the conditions for change to emerge. Yeah. Right? We all have this desire to live a good story. And we may see someone who's struggling with that desire, struggling to achieve that. And we want to create things to help them get to their story, you can't go in and change them and change what they do. You just provide the conditions, whether it's information, whether it's the physical space. Um, really, it's kind of a combination of all that because we're, we're, we are systems in our, own, in our own bodies, in our own vessels, um, for that change to emerge. And I th- hope that what we do in this podcast at some point. I don't know if it'll be in the episodes themselves or if it's going to be, um, you know, in the journal uh, part of it, but provide some practical strategies for people to uh, try based on, you know, some of the principles that are kind of emerging from our discussions, right? You know, if worth work is a way of being, then we need to establish kind of worth work habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Worth and work practices, us, yeah. Yeah. And then that gets us into, you know, different things to try with the intention of making it a habit for when certain moments or certain um again, being very practical about habits now, certain triggers like as emotions or sensations become the cue to trigger a habit loop. You know, that might be like a down the road thing or just something we reflect on our own, right? Just thinking about like what experiences and situations do we get ourselves in as teachers that we have a habit of responding and then seeing if there's a way of building in a new habit that's more aligned with building worth or just building in a habit that's like intentional about building the worth, building that equity, creating the conditions for equity to emerge in that in that environment. And I think your two bars practice as an example of that, right? Like, well, you make it a habit and then it's there when you need it. Or it's like fire, you know, it's like a fire drill, how we always do those. So when there yeah. actually is a, you know, knock on wood, hopefully there's never a fire. But in the case there actually is, you know, we know what to do. We don't have to think about it. And I think yeah. that's where we want to get to with uh know, equity strategies, culturally responsive, you know, teaching and facilitating, right, is have some key things that we practice uh, so that when we're in those moments, we have, oh, you know, more, you know, fear, shame, all that's kind of kicking in and, you know. Or we might be flexing on folks, you know, be like, respect my authority. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Switch it. I am the adult. Yeah, right. bro. Oh, man. Okay, I just got some ideas about habits. I just wrote down just off the top is about building those new habits of worth. You know, two bars is one. Just take time to breathe, align, relax, shine individually, communally. But also like having just 
creative dreaming mode. <laughs> and this mm. can be through freestyling or writing or just like a cipher in the sense where you're ex- exchanging knowledge and ideas in small groups or as a class. But I think it would work in like professional learning communities with other teachers. It's like, all right, mm. resources aren't a problem. No, like let go of fear as much as possible. You won't get in trouble for any ideas. Let's just, what are some ideas to about this issue, you know? And it kind of connects to what we learn in OEA about the PDSAs, plan, do, study, acts. You know, those can mm-hmm. kind of make, that can might become at the tail end of a creative dreaming mode of like, all right, let's choose one to do a plan, you know, implement. Mm-hmm. Also, an, uh, Adisa Bonjoko has, on his podcast, I heard, he has this um, practice of uh, three positive actions are greater than one negative thought. So if you have one negative thought, do just like three little things that counteract that energy. You know, it's kind mm. of a, maybe it's like a, I know he's like a martial arts, chess, hip hop guy. So it might be kind of some jujitsu on yourself. You know, it's like, okay, I got a negative thought. I'm going to give it three like little positive actions. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so like a dope little practice. I've messed around with a little bit, but I want to implement more. Um, yeah. And those are just some ideas off the top. Yeah. I was thinking there's one where, um, like, I'm just, I'm also really into systems thinking, right? Word. And from our, I'm into that. I'm also into the coaching work that we did through the Educator Empowerment um, Academy. And one of the practices was like, I'm not going to remember the the name of it, so I'm not going to say the name, but the actual routine of it is before any kind of like change initiative is you actually start with what's working. Mm. Right. Like what the wins, you know, quick wins is a part of it. And I think too often uh, we just, you know, we're just negative bias, right? So quick wins helps us to, see the areas that we are making progress in and yeah and i mean and now i'm thinking about just like if we had like you know as we do more thinking about the strategies and then ways to like get it into make it an invitation to a protocol where like if you are doing these strategies and you're tracking your progress on them then you know you have giving yourself evidence to the worth work that you're doing. We are often in situations where we're asking ourselves, what's the most equitable thing to do? Mm-hmm. Like when we're interacting with students or we're making decisions about, you know, policy procedures, you know, s- curriculum, you know, like as, as folks who believe in it, we're often asking ourselves like that question in the scenario, which I think is good. Like every time you practice a mode of communication, for example, that improves your listening skills, mm-hmm. that's worth work. Every time you mm-hmm. practice using language in an intentional way that does not trigger a fear-based reaction or defensiveness from a student, but is still, you know, honest in your communication, that's worth work. Like, Mm. and these are all just examples, like, because then we can model it, right? Then we can model a way of being for students that allows them to be, their needs to be seen, heard, and belonging. We model that for them, and that's how they can then learn how to uh, do it for themselves and for others. Yes. But if we're not doing that work ourselves, right? If we're, and if we're only doing it from a condition of this is how I am as, you know, this, this is, this is the culturally responsive way to be when I'm teaching, but it's not, I'm not seeing the benefit in my own life to do it. Then that that's where it it feels more like a burden, yeah. right? Like, yeah, exactly. I approve my communication, and it helps me with everything, and so that's why 
I love improving my communication. And I improve my communication because it's the work to be able to bring more equity. Yes. Right? Like, it it goes, so it's that, you know, and it's the fundamental idea of the podcast. So I think, like, providing resources, strategies, uh, you know, even kind of like example protocols of ways that we can institute like small practices. Yeah. That. That's dope. Yeah. It's, it's that dynamic equilibrium. And one way that I think about that dynamic equilibrium is the balance of evolving and finding contentment and worthiness, you know, that mm-hmm. worthiness being the core of like what makes us want to evolve, makes me want to evolve. Is like, I, I find that just grace, love and abundance to be like, I, I'm comfortable and in my existence. And so I'm ready to grow to the next level, which I know is mm-hmm. going to expand that comfort zone and um, have a level of difficulty to it or be, you know, but I, I know that I have the capacity. And that's another way to look at that worth work is this building capacity. Yeah. To grow, to expand. To- I can imagine somebody like hearing us speak, thinking like, whoa, essentially to do worth work, you just got to be like, you know, Buddha or Jesus or. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, bro, an ascended like, master. <laughs> right. Like, you gotta, it's like, all right, so my plan is to become perfect and then I can bring equity. <laughs> And that's, you know, obviously, I don't, maybe it's not obvious, but let's make it plain. Like, that is not what this is, right? Like, it's not about, it's not about perfection, because I think perfection is an, is not a human uh, trait. And the pursuit of perfection, for me, it's the fallacy that joy only happens once I'm perfect. Joy can happen even in the midst of imperfection and mistakes. And so I think worth work as the reward is the, is the many experiences of joy that you will have in being this way. I love that. Yeah, like that's, Oh, which brings up another thing I was thinking about, like getting really clear on what we want and not from just a immediate pleasure standpoint, but that can also be uh, a starting point to actually cultivate the need that we're, we're searching for. Um, so, uh, you know, pushing folks beyond the the physical stuff and getting into you know, from physical things to experiences, right? Like you don't want the car just to have the car. You want the car because it's going to give you some type of experience. And that experience, again, is intangible. It's going to be within your own being, right? Desire is a good thing. Like, and 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 knowing what you want and staying attuned to that because I think that leads us towards the direction of our joy. And I think when we are experiencing fear, with you know, we are somehow disconnected from our joy. I was trying not to make it all abstract and, you know, theory-based, but whatever, here's where we're at. Um, fear, <laughs> right? You're worrying that you're not going to get the thing that'll ultimately, you know, get you joy, happiness, right? Kind of uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. synonyms, right? And in, in this particular case, the fear, when we're in it, the worth work pivot is, what are you trying to protect? The idea of what you're trying to protect is what you want. And then you can maybe reframe and refocus mm. on what you want mm. and have gratitude yes. for whatever aspect of what you want is with you in the present, especially if we're talking about experiences and not just yeah, things, yeah. right? Because the, there's, there's yeah. some aspect of the experience that you want to have that is with you in the present, even if it's just the vision of it and the dream of it. And that comes back to what you're talking about, right? So let's do more visioning work. Let's do more dreaming work where, you know, again, push beyond just the, 
you know, yeah, fine. Start with it. Yeah, you know, oh, 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 yeah, the car, the like the house. Like, okay, start with those things, but further. Like, don't just stop there. Like, when you were talking about, you know, the, the money and all that stuff. Okay, like, what are you going to do with that? But still, true dreams end, our lives end. So, like, push mm-hmm. it beyond that. So, like, after you've had this dream and this amazing life, what do you want for you know, the, the next in line. Yeah, the next generation. The next gen are your kids, grandkids, right. grandkids. And then staying connected and aligned to that. Yeah, because that goes back to the core of us being timeless and even having an eternal value. Mm-hmm. Like, there's part of us that will, like, live on. You know what I mean? Um, and then part of that, too, what you're saying connects to this of perfection you know, the perfect, because on one level, I think we are perfect in that core mm-hmm. part of us. You know, there's a, that spark of perfection, or at least that like spark of like, going back to mythology, that Eden, that Atlantis, that like Shambhala, that like pure place of like connectedness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And part of that is having that teaching to who we want to be, is having that higher frequency dream of like, this is what school could be like. This is what the world could be like. Our communities could be like. This is what it would look like if um, racism didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like having those visions so our frequency can rise up and then we let go of exactly what that's going to look like. But we know like our job is to like raise up our frequency, to live into those visions, to let those ideas and dreams and visions of You know, you don't have to call it perfect, but you could call it, you know, beautiful. You could call it, you could call it a just world. You could call it peace. You could call it, you know, whatever word vibrates and resonates with your DNA in the Mm -hmm. deepest way. (laughs) Make that a part of your teaching as an art form statement or creative art piece or whatever, maybe samples, some quotes or lyrics. You know, but what if as teachers, we all had that kind of entryway, we all had that kind of piece of art or statement that like we could contemplate on that, like raised up our our vibe, reminded us, we like literally remember Mm -hmm. us to our connectedness. We're all members of this thing called Mm -hmm. life. We all have a part to play in it. Yeah. And then from there, that's, that's where we get every day is like, a piece of art in the sense that we don't know what challenges are going to arise, but we have this capacity to adapt, to create, to spark, to innovate, to let that genius over doubt flow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I kind of get inspired by, by just even having these conversations and um, talking to, you know, putting this podcast out, doing worth work. Um, And now, you know, we're talking about it and then I'm very, and now I'm like, okay, Jesse, time to like implement a little bit at a time into, you know, my my communities where I'm at, you know. And so that's where I think building, you know, our community will have that incentive to implement this, you know, and even yeah. even like you, you know, you you being my friend and we're talking about it. I know that it's just like, oh, I want. Like or like, yeah. I want to be accountable to you. Be like, yeah, I'm implementing this. I know I'm don't, uh, the integrity of like living mm-hmm. it out, and I know that can be, it can be messy and it can be vulnerable and it's it has fear in it. But it's like, oh, that's that's the type of work that's worth it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I like I like the. It could be beautiful instead of perfect. Like I like because perfect is is about comparison. And yeah, and I think the reason why perfect doesn't exist in in the realm of being is that there is no comparison. Like there's only you. There's only one you. There's only one. You know, as mm-hmm. as mysterious as the experience is, there's only one that is completely yours and that you get to have the closest view to right and so only you can really determine 
how beautiful it is. And only you can communicate how beautiful it is. I can just imagine some folks, you know, who hear this, that whenever they hear it, just like, oh, it's a woo-woo. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's woo-woo. The core of it is, you know, woo-woo because it's in motion. I think we exist in the space and understand that nothing's permanent and nothing is as finite, you know. They say you're going gonna to be out yeah. only for a week. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It is, it, a lot of it is woo-woo because Wu-Tang is for the children. Exactly. Wu-Tang <laughs> is for the children. All right, welcome to Keywords and Phrases Freestyle Edition. This is where we take some keywords, go off the top of the dome with the freestyle. Jesse, what are our keywords? Yeah, we got enough fear propping up, business as usual, moments of wholeheartedness, awakening, think tank, and resilience. Get it, Des? Operating with the idea that I haven't been enough It's been me trying to fill my cup But with holes have been poked inside And then I wonder why I always cry Why the water flows Why I can't seem to give enough for these young souls For them to take control and rearrange the globe Here we go, the minds we probe Please, yeah, you get a moment of my wholehearted vibe That's what I gotta do to stay alive And when I miss the mark, I need to realign That's why I breathe and take two bars and just pause But we giving birth, no menopause What you trying to say? These are metaphors for your day Make it not business as usual, but But it's something we gotta confront So the crisis we got to glow Know and show you that it doesn't just fold On until the next We take the kickstand and let it Just balance and flex and maybe it will ride to the sunset And if not, we don't forget Don't forget in your mind could be a snake Trying to eat and destroy your think tank Make sure that connection is straight to the artery To the heart, yeah, the wholehearted part of me Pardon me, and um, we're coming through Just some MCs having conversations Sharing them with you on the podcast It's made the last worth work Tend to your task How I calm these storms Stay in the eye as I form Put this art as the norm To reflect, to release the stress that comes from the Things I hold in my chest Holding space for people to just digest and process That it ain't perfect So we can't neglect Yeah, I neglect fear a little I put you in the back, put your seatbelt on And put you in the middle So I can see you in the rear view mirror You ain't playing music, not in here But you got eight bars and then I'll listen Cause I gotta do the opposite of your vision And yes, you have reached the end (laughs) of the Worth Podcast Thank you for tuning in Thank you (laughs) I'm Desmond Smith I'm Jesse D. I'm at And as always, she needs to work out All day, every day See you in the next one Yes, yes Deuces Peace